If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Today's guest is Brittany Dorman. In July of last year, Brittany had a near-death experience where she encountered her deceased father that had passed nine years ago. And today we're going to learn about it. Brittany, thank you so much for joining me and welcome. Hello, thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. All right, so if you don't mind, can we start on the day that it happened um, about a year ago and and please tell us what happened? Yeah, so um, basically the incident had occurred about 10.30 in the morning. That morning um, I had overdosed. Um, About 11.30 a.m., I believe that was the last last time I remember. Um, and then my family said, I walked into my dining room. I was like looking at my thermostat and they thought that I was like about to change it. And then they saw, saw me like fall into the wall. Like, here's my wall. Here's me. And I'm just going down. <laughs> and they called for my brother-in-law who happened to be here at the time. And then he laid me down on my back. Um, and they were like, oh my gosh, no, I think she overdosed. So I had Narcan available and my sister had, you know, given me the spray up my nose. Um, and then she called 911 and I was out of it. Like they said that I was laying on the dining room floor and my whole face was just blue. Like I had no life in me. And then when the ambulance had got here, um, (laughs) They had to shoot me eight times with Narcan to bring me back. Mm-hmm. And that that part was really scary. I'm, I'm 10 months over today because of that. But um, so, yeah, uh, once I died, basically, for about 15 minutes, I believe, it came out to be once we calculated everything. So the first thing I remember is just seeing, like, this black tunnel. And it was like a tunnel that just lots of swirls, you know, like black and white, but it was more black. And then the next thing I remember, it was, there was darkness. There wasn't anything. And I want to say that took place for maybe about a minute. And the next thing I know, I open my eyes and I, I'm in this room. Now, this room is really weird. I'm going to explain it the best way I can. Um, it doesn't look like any room you've probably ever seen. Um, the tiles were so big. So just imagine like a big block on the wall connecting into another block, but they don't seem to connect. They're just together. And that's how the ceiling was going into the wall. And I was amazed at that because they were so white and the room was so like, lit like this orange dimish color and I remember like thinking to myself like oh my goodness like I don't feel any pain like I don't feel sorrow you know like I think it didn't click with me that I was dead Mm. at this point I didn't even realize it and then all of a sudden I 
hear a voice and it's my dad. And I look over and it's just a silhouette. Like he's like a shadow. Like I couldn't make out what he looked like, but yet he was there. And the worst part that really got to me was when I looked down because I was trying to figure out where I was, what I was, what's going on here. I looked down and I realized I don't have a body. Hmm. The body that I had, I was a ball of energy. And when me and my dad like would talk, we wouldn't talk like vocally. It would be like in our minds, but we could telepathically, we could talk to each other. And, um, you know, he, of course, like my dad is, you know, when he met me, he was like, what did you do? You know, like this, this isn't how it's supposed to happen. And he was like, you don't, you don't want to go yet. You know, I've forgotten all about my family. I'm sorry. I've, I've forgotten all about my family back home. I have four kids and I have a husband. And when I was there, none of that came to mind. Nothing back here. It wasn't like, oh, my gosh, I miss my husband. I miss my kids. You know, what am I going to do without them? The feeling that I got there was just so much peace and serenity. Like, I never wanted to leave. And I just kept thinking, like, oh, my God, this just this feels amazing. And my dad told me, he was like, you got two choices. You can stay here and never worry about addiction again, which was great because at that point I was four years into addiction. And he's like, or you can go back and you know what you have to do. And it was like he gave me an ultimatum, but as soon as he gave it to me, it was like I couldn't choose. I was automatically swept back. Like, you know, you've given me a choice, but you really didn't give me time to think about it because as soon as the last word came out, I woke up or came to, as some say. But it just blows my mind. Like that feeling I think about all the time. Like there's no feeling like that. I've never felt that feeling here on earth to compare it to that. And the room had no tables. Like it was just open. Like it just went on forever. And, you know, I, I couldn't believe it. Like, it was so bright in there. And I think the whole thing maybe took about 15 minutes there or maybe about 10 minutes. But by the time I got back here, I just thought everything that was going on was a dream in my mind. But I've thought every day since that happened, like, my dad saying, you know what you need to do. Well, yeah, the obvious answer was to get clean and, you know, not be addicted to drugs. But I just felt like for my dad, there was more to it. Like with him, there's always something behind something. Like what he's saying isn't what he means, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Wow. That was a fascinating story. (laughs) Do you feel like you're in some kind of sci-fi place, like on a ship? It wouldn't be typically thought as a heavenly place in the cloud. I mean, you're like in in a room. Yeah, that's why I've, I've named it the waiting room. Like, since I came back, I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know what to call it, but I'm going to call it the waiting room. It was like, I was put, like, I guess it was like shielding me from whatever I wasn't meant to see. And it was like, they were, wait- I was waiting for my fate to be determined. Like, okay, you know, am I going to go for good because I want to, or am I going to have to go back? But mm-hmm. that, I really felt like it was covering up something that I wasn't supposed to see it. 
Like it wasn't really a room. It was just like a shield. Like they were just blocking me. I also find it interesting how you felt like you were just basically an orb of energy. Yes. I I was amazed. Like, you know, I, I looked down thinking, you know, okay, how do I look? And I didn't have no head. Like the ball of energy was like where my stomach is, like right here. And it was just amazing because I felt as though I was above that. Like it was so weird. Like I still felt like I had a body. Mm-hmm. But when I looked down, I was just this ball of glowing light. Do you feel like it was more real than here or dreamlike? To me, I felt like it was more real than here. The feelings I got, like, oh my God, I just, it's unexplainable. Like, just imagine, like, the best time of your life times a million. Is there anything else you can remember about the room? Um, I've sat here every single day since it happened, and I've, like, written out, like, you know, word for word. And I just remember, like, just seeing, I was just fascinated by how the walls connected to the ceiling. But it was just, like, kind of like an interrogation room when, in the movie, like, the psych ward, how they have those white walls. That's kind of how it felt, like, but that was all it was, like, these glowing lights, the white walls, there was, the floor was, like, dirt. Mm-hmm. It was, like, the color of dirt, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. But there was, like, you know... The room was just plain white. I just, I, I couldn't understand that. Hmm. Interesting. It was white with kind of an orange lighting, I think is what you were yes. saying. Yeah, it had like, it was weird because I couldn't tell where the orange lighting were coming in, but it was like rays of them, if that makes sense. Hmm. All right. So since you've been back, have you stopped mm-hmm. using? Yes. Would you describe that feeling of being over there better than any drug possible? Yes. I would. So, okay, that's fascinating. Um, <laughs> did you make the decision to stop using because of your father or anything else? So, when I originally came back, you know, I was sitting there like, oh my gosh, you know, what am I going to do? What's going to happen? And the next day when I got up, you know, that'd usually be the time I go to look for drugs or whatever. I just decided I, I just wasn't going to do it. I was going to go get help and I was going to get off this crap and. I think it had a lot to do with, I felt like I was a miracle. You know what I mean? Like nobody that I've ever read about had overdosed and been shot with Narcan that many times. Mm. You know, like when I tell people that they're like, you're a walking miracle. Like Mm. you were meant to come back. Mm. And that's what I wonder every day. Why? Why did I come back? Like, What purpose do I have? Because I feel like there's something else out there, but Mm. I'm just not clicking with it or understanding it. Right. Do you ever sit there and say or think, why me compared to everybody else who didn't make it back? Yes, because where I live um, on one of my streets, we have a sign for our neighborhood and it tells you how many people have overdosed and how many people died. Hmm. And I was one of those people. And the, the numbers on there was crazy. 894 people where I lived overdosed last year. Wow, that's a that's an incredible number. Three hundred and sixty-five of them died. Why do you think it's so prevalent where you live? Because I think it's easier. Because people, you know, they're going after the bad stuff because it's cheaper. Oh. You know, the neighboring stuff, all prices have gone up. So why, you know, you, you're going to get sick doing it? You might as well go to that. And that's where everybody gets in trouble, and it's sad. 
have you noticed any other ways that you've changed since your experience? Oh, yes. I have changed in every way possible. Like before all this happened, like, I mean, I don't remember the two weeks because this all started because my mother-in-law had passed away. And, you know, that I took it hard and I turned to drugs I'd never done. And it was just a rock for two weeks. I can't remember those weeks exactly. But when I came back and the changes started, like my husband noticed it. My kids noticed it. I noticed it. I was different. I look at things different. You know, before it was either black and white of my decision making. I didn't see it any other way that it was just it, my way or no way. And today, you know, I will sit and listen to my children. I will listen to my husband. I will make compromises. You know, I'm not angry all the time. You know, I mean, sometimes life gets ahead of us and we forget like, oh, crap, you know, I died and came back. You know, I feel like sometimes I just get mixed up in this original life, as I call it. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like there's something more and I'm, I'm just not getting it yet. Have you noticed any special abilities like, you know, seeing- I have. Um, I used to have dreams when I was younger about things that would happen. Um, and that's all that happened in my life. And then once I died and came back, um, I have recordings that I've done, like, you know, I'm talking to ghosts because I can... I feel the presence, you know, sometimes I can see them. Things happen in my house that cannot be explained, but I've caught, I guess what they call EVPs on my phone. Um, I, I've caught ghosts in pictures. I've caught orbs. Like they're all, I can feel them. They're, they're around. Tell me about the first time you saw a ghost since you were back and how you reacted. <laughs> well, the first time would be probably that December so it was Christmas time and we were sitting here and I remember just seeing a white flash go by. And when I looked over, we had uh, our Christmas lights like hung up in because our diamonds took a walkway. They literally moved. No lie. Like they took the lights and like let them go and it dropped back. And they did this about three times. And then they would see like blue shadows by my door like things were just, they were getting very hectic. That's okay. Is that your, is that your cats? <laughs> yes. I have a boy cat. He's going crazy in here. I'm sorry. It sounds like um, the ghost was trying to get your attention. Yes. That's what I've been told. Um, apparently the ghost was making like a clicking noise to let me know it was there. But apparently, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm blocked. Like, there's something not letting me go all the way and see what's going on. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm, I've been trying meditation, but not really working. <laughs> well, maybe somebody who is watching this podcast will reach out to you and be able to help you with some of that stuff. Yes, maybe, that would be great. <laughs> maybe some, you know, something got opened up in you, and now if you can develop it, you can kind of make more use of it. Right, like just a couple days ago, I was sitting here and my daughter had lost my car. And we were looking all over the house, tearing it apart, like where could it be? And then out of nowhere, like I guess this is what they call your third eye, I saw flashes of our quick mart and the guy like bending down and picking something up and putting it behind the counter. And then I like forgot about it. And then all of a sudden my daughter was like, Hey mom, can we go to Quick Mart? And that was unusual for her because she doesn't usually ask to go there. Like that's something she'll walk to or whatever. So I'm like, all right, I'll take you there. I'm like, why are you in there asking if he has my card? 
Lo and behold, he said she dropped it. He picked it up and put it behind the counter. Yeah, that's amazing. And I was just like, oh my gosh. Like, I literally saw him pick it up and he it literally happened. Mm. But not to go back, but I, I forgot to mention this. Two days before I died, so July 29th. I died on July 31st. July 29th at like 1 o'clock in the morning, I was on my front porch with my sister-in-law, a lot of people, you know, I I was high, whatever. They, it was I was getting high at the time, but I remember dozing off. Now this is the crazy part, and they can all they can all witness to this. Mm-hmm. I was falling asleep or nodding out, and then all of a sudden I look up, and I see two of me. Mm-hmm. So I'm here, but I'm also on the sidewalk, and I'm like, guys, I'm creeped out. Like I'm seeing me, so I must have like dozed out again. Next thing I know, I can see them. I can, I'm looking like I'm in the sky. My vision is pointed down to the porch and I could see everything. I told them all how they were sitting, what they were doing. And they just were like scared. Like they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, I saw you guys. Like I could see you. I was in the sky. Like, I think I actual projected Mm -hmm. like that night. And that was the most craziest experience. Mm. Yeah. Maybe you were already opening up something. Yes, because it was so weird because that week, I remember telling my husband, like, isn't it so crazy that our hearts beat every single day and keep us alive? And I'm, I'm 31, by the way. And I was only like 30 when it happened. And then like a week later, I wind up overdosing. Right. So it's kind of like I felt like it was coming, mm-hmm. but I didn't know what or how. Have you considered getting hypnotized about this experience to see if you can pick up other things that you might have forgotten? I have been looking into that and I'm actually been talking to my husband. That's something I want to do because I would like to be put under that way. You know, things I've forgotten. Maybe my dad said something else. Maybe I saw something else. But coming back, like that's the only thing I, I can remember. Have you told all your friends and family about this experience? And if so, how do they react to it? Well, I've told those closest to me, like, I just told my one friend, because she's really Christian, you know, so I didn't want her thinking that my experience, I was like trying to change her in any way, you know, because some people are really weird about that. Like when you say, oh, I look down and I'm an orb of energy or orb of light, they're gonna be like, what are you crazy? But I told her and, you know, she was like, wow, she's like, maybe you did come back because you know, maybe things are supposed to happen. Maybe you have psychic abilities you just don't know about. Mm-hmm. And if I do, that would be great. I would, I would love to learn how to use them, but mm-hmm. I'm trying. Mm-hmm. But I told my sister, you know, she was kind of weirded out because the whole thing about my dad, you know, he wasn't a very happy man most of the time. And when I told her he was there, you know, she was shocked because, yeah, he was the most recent, but I didn't expect him to be there when I died, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Since you've stopped using, have any of your friends or family who use, have they stopped because you've stopped? No. <laughs> and I wish they would. Oh, I was hoping you were going to be an inspiration to them. Exactly. Like my, my sister-in-law, you know, she got hooked on this path and she's still on it. And I told her, I'm like, you've seen, well, she didn't see she wasn't here that day. I'm like, but I died and I came back thanks to Narcan and people being able to call 911. 
But what if you're somewhere where there's nobody? You're not coming back. You're just going to overdose and die. Mm -hmm. And I don't wish that on anyone. Like my one year sobriety is coming up and I'm getting a shirt made that says Narcan saved my life Mm -hmm. because it really did. That's great. So what do you think inspires you about this experience? I think the most part I got out of it. So going into it, when I was little, we always went to church. I was going to church every year until I turned 10 years old. And that was 2000 when my grandfather died and my dad stopped. No more church. We didn't do anything. So growing up, I never went to church. You know, I always turned the other way. I'm not going to say that I was, I'm baptized Episcopalian, but I don't go to church nowadays either. But I kind of wanted to say that I was atheist in a way because, you know, why would God let all this stuff happen? And then when that experience happened, it kind of made me think, like, I kind of know what happens to us in a way when we cross over, you know? We, we are a ball of light. We are a ball of energy. That is our main purpose. You know, this is just a vessel. Mm-hmm. And to know that kind of makes me feel better because I know that we're going to go somewhere once we cross over. It's not just all blackness. But Are you still an atheist? I want to say no. I thought I would be, but, you know, I don't know what kind of ghosts are trying to talk to me. You know, people that I've let hear this recording told me that maybe it was a demon of some sort. So now I'm thinking, well, great. I don't I don't have no protection because I haven't really, like, believed in anything. And this NDE is really all I have to go off of with my proof of what I've seen and what I know or my experience. Do you think you have any negative after effects from this experience that you have to manage? Um, in a way, like my when I came back, my I thought my family would be happy to see me. You know, I thought that they would be happy that I was alive. You know, because they all thought I was dead when they carried me out on the car. Which I mean, I was gone, but I came back eventually. And um, when I came back, instead of like, oh my god, we missed you, da da da, it was just they just rained down on me. You know, they were like, how could you do this? You need help, da, da, da. And that was the only negative part about it. You know, like the whole world felt like it was crumbling under me. And then a lot of crap happened. Like I was having my niece and then, you know, my brother took her away because, you know, I overdosed and he didn't want her around that, which I perfectly understood. But that really hurt, you know, being freshly sober and then losing her. That was a battle I had to get through without drugs. And that that was that was a struggle, mm-hmm. you know, but I don't know if you can see this, but I have this tattoo and it says pain, uh, what's it like? pain char- shapes a woman into a warrior. And that's what I believe. You know, all this pain has made me stronger in the end. But the NDE, it kind of it, I think there was an, a negative aspect to it because I feel like. Some people are jealous, you know, you overdosed and came back, but yet my friend didn't do that or my family member didn't do that. And some people look down on me for that. Hmm. So after watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and chat with you. Are you a public person and do you welcome that on Facebook or do you prefer to be private? Um, I've been a private person up till now, but I'm willing to go public. I have Instagram, I have Facebook, I have, I have all the platforms pretty much. 
Um, I have a unique name, by the way, because <laughs> I call myself on there Queen of Nine Lives because kind of like a cat, you know, I came back, you know, mm-hmm. that's just my little thing I came up with, I guess. But well, that's okay. <laughs> what is the best way for them to find you? Um, they can find me on um, TikTok or Facebook as my first last name. It's really Brittany Anders hyphen Dorman on Facebook. Um, Instagram, it's Brittany Dorman. So if you type in my name, you'll be able to find me. Mm-hmm. Before we finish it up here, do you have one last positive message that you'd like to share with everybody? <laughs> yes, I would. <laughs> Um, I kind of have two in a way, like, you know, I've been down the road of an addict and I've been down the road of sobriety and I've died because of drugs out on the street. And I know nobody cares, you know, oh, what she says don't matter. But it took eight shots of Narcan to bring me back. The next person might not be so lucky. So the drugs are not worth it. And sobriety is so much better. That's a great message. And as far as my NDE, you know, walking away from it, I realized there's more to the other side of life. This isn't it. And it really kind of makes me mad when people say, oh, you know, there's nothing on the other side. We're not going to go nowhere. We're going to do this, we're going to do that. And it's like, I died. So I kind of know what's over there in a way. And I know what we turn into. And it's the greatest feeling, like, don't be afraid of death because it's a new chapter and you're starting over. You just don't know it yet. It's so funny. You took my question away from me because I was going to ask you, do you fear death? <laughs> yes. After Before that, I would have said I fear death, but now I don't. You know, I fear my health because the statistics for the first year after overdose are not great at all. Hmm. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. Um, but there was a statistic done in a study where they took a group of people, it was about 100 women. And, you know, one year of sobriety, how are they doing? 50% of the women committed suicide in their first year after sobriety. Because it's hard. Mm -hmm. It really is hard, and it's such a struggle. But it's worth it more than, you know, worrying about where your next drug is coming from or how you're going to get the money or where you're going to live. Yeah, I wouldn't really compare you to those women, though, because I feel like you've been spiritually transformed and you're just, a, you're almost maybe even a different person now. I am, you know, like if you would have, if anybody would have known me before now, like I have changed, like some people still question me, like, wait, are you she for real? Like, is that, is what she's saying true? Because I'm not the same. Like I take things, you know, differently. Like I have to really strategize where my energy is going and where it's not going. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Brittany, I really appreciate you share your experience with us. I wish you the best. And if you ever go ahead and get hypnotized and find out more information, please contact me so we can see what else you learned. I sure will. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great evening. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.